Last time. When when she says she's running on high, that also makes her a very effective person in the marketplace. And now. How do we take care of the senior in this dynamic, regardless if they're the one that's talking to us? And how do we wrap around the caregiver? And the thing about it is, is that we all have the same experiences. We all are dealing with very similar things in our lives, which makes, you know, personally, I think my team's amazing. It makes our team amazing because we know what they're dealing with. We're not just, you know, deciding like, hey, you know, because something that's happened in our industry is that the senior market, as everybody knows, is, is booming, right? All the baby boomers are coming through. And that means that there are, businesses and positions that can be uh, developed or opened or whatnot. And there's a lot of people in the space that say, this is the next wave I'm jumping in. The, the difference is, is that, and you know, even when I opened up TN Toast eight years ago, I have been, I was in the industry for about 10 years before that. And everybody's like, Oh yeah, good. You know, jumping on the bandwagon. It's like, I've been living on this bandwagon (laughs) for a long time. And my advisors also, we've been living these experiences and I've been working with these experiences. And what you said about the brick wall was interesting because the thing is, is that we're trying to teach people. And that's also why I do this podcast. I'm trying to teach people that, Yes, there's a brick wall. We're trying to get whatever it is. But what I want you to consider is there's a brick wall. The pain of whatever you're doing, the emotional stress, whatever it is, will end or ease at the brick wall. But if you don't take care of yourself up to the brick wall, you will hit that brick wall and you will miss what's on the other side. That's right. That's right. There, There is a reason when you're on the plane that they tell you to put your air mask on first before you do it on somebody else. Because if you can't take care of yourself, then how can you take care of anybody, uh, the the person sitting next to you? To be honest, I was going to say, Sean, with that, with that analogy as well, that's actually that analogy specifically uh, about, I don't know how many years we are, 12 years now is what got me out of an abusive marriage. Oh goodness. 12 years Sorry, ago, man. I thought I kept thinking to myself, put your air mask on first, put your mask on first, take care of yourself. And I literally wrote it out of my marriage. Wow. And it was wow. life obviously life-changing. I was in an yeah. abusive marriage. It was life-changing. And you know, that is, you know, what I say to many people, right? It's like, you know, you just have to figure out your way. It doesn't have to look like that book or this podcast or that book. Doesn't look like that way. Just figure out what mm-hmm. works for you and take a breath because you're not you're not helping yourself, but you're also not helping the people you're caring with if you're out. Yeah, yeah. No, you you uh, you reminded me of another analogy. Actually, uh, I'm sorry, I'm on and off the glasses. My glasses have more fingerprints than I think the RCMP. I'm not sure, um, but uh, the uh, I, I remember at one point I was talking to a friend of mine about the problem with technology now compared to the compared to 30 years ago and, and 30 years ago uh, uh let's just say a computer let's just say a laptop whatever and, or then a computer <laughs> that would take up half of your desk came along and you would use it for a couple of years maybe three maybe four 
and the next generation of that would come out. And usually they would take some of that feedback that consumers had taken uh, and, and apply it to this new version. And there was time. There was time to have that experience with the computer to figure out what the real bugs were, what, what the real uh, blind spots were, where they weren't serving you as well as they could. Maybe they weren't as intrinsically responsive or, or whatever, right? Now you get a cell phone and you're using it and you blink and there's a new version of that cell phone. And you're like, oh, wait, I just figured out how to use that. How do I do this now? And I don't mean to sound like a dinosaur or a Luddite, but I, I'm there going, wait a second, I just, and then I'm there going, oh, that's great. And then you blink and there's another version of it. And it's like that with cell phones now. It's like that with pretty much everything technological uh, to a point where uh, when, when I go to garage sales, I, I, I look for older tools. I don't want the new drill that can, you know, do your laundry for you as well. I, I don't, I don't need that. Um, but let's, you, you know, you, you reminded me of something and talking about serving families and helping them out and whatever. Um, and I, I like, oh, whatever, but you know, you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I was listening to that. And one of the things that I was telling a friend about uh, a little while ago it starts, and maybe right now we could just talk about this. I bet you we can come up with a pretty good informal top five list of things to do. It starts with hard conversations. It starts with hard conversations. The caregiver, the, the son, the daughter, the, 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 the husband, the wife, you know, my, I'm sure my mom and dad had those conversations clearly without my sister or myself in the room. But at one point, I, I remember saying, hey, let me tell you what happened at work last week, what I saw last week. And they're of that age that they witnessed that too. You know, if, if they're in their 70s, well, their friends that they've known for years are in their 70s. So they witnessed it. And sometimes it's that reminder. But when you start that conversation, and, and we had to go through this, my wife and I, when we had our son, that we had to talk about a will. And the little tiny legal intricacies of a will kept me up at night and it kept my wife up at night. And I don't want to say we argued, but we were there at different points going, well, this would look like this and this, would that look like that? And then all of a sudden you're in a mindset of thinking about those what ifs and those scenarios. And all of a sudden you're bummed out at work. All of a sudden you're at work and you're there going, oh man. And you're thinking about those scenarios that are terrible and they're hard to talk about and, and they're painful to think about and they're necessary. I um, I had the experience with, with Mike and his dad when we had to actually professionally broach the conversation of him coming here. And it was really interesting because I've been doing what I do for like almost 20 years. And I wanted Mike to leave because it's his dad. But I find, you know, generally in my experience that son and dad, men don't have conversations as easy as women. And so I was letting him lead. And you're going to get me emotional. I was letting him lead. And there was just this weird break. And I was like, 
I'm just going to have to put on my tea and toast hat. I'm just going to have to like do this. Right. And so I looked at him and I said, can I? And he's like, yeah. And I just, I, I, I did it more blatant than I would with my own clients because I am mm. softer in my, you know, with my caregivers and my clients, I, I want, I get to the same things, but I'm softer. And I said to him, I said, look, here's a situation. You're eight hours away. If some, something will happen, not if, when, yeah. there will be a crisis. I can't get there. We're dealing with the you know other house money situation as well that I won't get into. And I said, we need to deal with this. And I said, you know, at bottom line, I was really, really honest. And I tend to be honest with my families too. Again, I'm softer. And I was soft with him too. But I said, you know, bottom line is that down the way, if and when you need to have a long-term care home or retirement home, or whatever, I don't want to put you in a crap hole. I said different words, yeah. but yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Right. So let's fix it because you're far away. You haven't really been in our lives because you're so far away. I have a four-year-old. She wants to see you. I know yeah. living together is That's going nice. to be difficult. And if it doesn't work, we'll make another plan. That's right. Let's just take yeah. a step. And it got him. It was, it was, it, he actually understood and he's like, okay, let's do this. And it was like, I, I, you know, kind of pride myself on hard conversations, but I have to say my parents will be watching as well. Our conversations in our own family are more difficult. And that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons Tientos yeah. exist because I can have a conversation, Sean, with your family that they'll listen. I can have the same conversation mm -hmm. with my family and they'll think I'm a nut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. But like that is really the first step. And you know what the funny thing is, is sometimes even if they don't respond to it immediately, the, the, the bug has been planted. And the key words that you use there, too. And, and this isn't just them, by the way. This is us as well. Like one day we are going to get ill. Or, or we are going to, our lives are going to change drastically. And it, it kind of came down to, for, for my parents, I, I think that part of their downsizing, and my mom used to say, you know, we can't do the driveway anymore. Uh, we, the, the, the lawn's uh, difficult for us with the humidity. And I think it came down to them, uh, and I think for a lot of people who've downsized, it's decisions made on their terms. Because a lot of the people who I... I was um, dealing with at that long-term care facility. And I'm not saying that we're all going to end up there. That's not what I'm saying at, at all. But they were dealing with changes that came in their lives, not on their terms. Right. That's that's what we they, they were dealing with. And, and uh, you know, th that happens in life, too. It's part of the human experience. Right. Um, what one of the. I was going to say on that note, I also have been giving Mike advice and I actually said to him like I hope that you don't think I'm pompous or anything like I'm actually actively giving him advice and yesterday was not it was just the same and I said like he's like let's do this and I'll tell dad to do this and I said listen you know your dad whether he knows it or not is going to be grieving yeah. he's going to be yeah. grieving when he gets here he's going to be grieving mm -hmm. possibly not bringing his cat depending on the situation as it unfolds like currently unfolding um, his house, his life, his art studio, all of this stuff he's going to be grieving. You need to make sure that you don't come at him 
but you present <clears throat> options and say, these are how I see it. What, what do you feel? How do you feel about it? Do you agree? Because you, if you try to make the decision for him, you might get pushback and it might make it worse. It might make the grieving worse. It might make anything. And so you need to be really aware that this is happening. Whether people know that they're grieving or not, if you are a caregiver, you are grieving in some form usually. Even me, I got out of the shower that very same day and I said, look, husband, I'm grieving. I didn't realize it until I literally had that conversation with you and I was in the shower and I was like, my life's about to change like a hundred percent and I'm yeah. grieving and it doesn't mean it's the wrong decision. It just means that these are the emotions that are attached to it. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. I, I find as well, you know, uh, bring on that kind of change. Uh, the, you, you mentioned something about, you know, Mike said, I'm going to tell him and I've learned a couple of things and, and I'm going to bring this to another direction in a second. Um, my, you know, my parents or your parents or whoever's the elders among us, they're survivors. They're builders. They got by, made their career and made their lives with a lot less resources than we had. A lot less resources. And a couple of times I've thought to myself, oh, I'm, you know, mom and dad need to do this or mom and dad need to do that. And that would, that's what would be best, right? Like there, there I am. A uh, 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 full generation younger than them. Oh, I'm going to tell them what they need to do, right? Uh, at your approach of, hey, here's options that you might not have been aware of. These are the options because you fellas are the builders, the experienced people. And I, I'm not being condescending or patronizing when I say that. I'm being authentic and, and genuine because that that is the reality a friend of mine i think she was talking to her elder aunt or somebody like that and uh she has moved into a retirement community and she said she can't get past how younger people talk to her and i said what do you mean and she said um she said that you know she she was an accomplished academic accomplished i believe was an academic she was accomplished in her career uh, a builder of sorts, you know, a community builder. And then she'll say something as an elder and younger people will say, well, isn't that nice? Right. Or, or you know, and, and at one point she said, how did I go from being assertive and known as a doer, somebody who gets things done to being a firecracker? She's a real firecracker, that one. How do you make that transition? How did that happen? She said, right? So I, I, I'm saying that in that um, if I ever tried to talk to my parents like that, they would um, put me in line pretty quick. Like, that's just who they are. Um, and number two, who, who do I think I am to try to make a decision for my parents if they're, if they're of the sound mind? But that brings about the conversation, and, and we can go on another five hours about this, the hard conversations, the living will needs to be a conversation that people have to have. But I, I will say this, while I've got an audience of, of caregivers out there, um, you're in a restaurant, you're, you're at a coffee shop, and an elder tries to interject in the conversation and you know, you're know you talking to them, whatever. On the way out, make a point of, of saying, hey, nice to see you. 
That was that was really smart what you said. If it was really smart or say it was really nice to talk to you or whatever. Because after I heard that about what happened, what, after I heard about that, I started listening and watching the way people talk to and about elders. And then I thought, we need to go out of our way now because best intentions, a lot of people, oh, well, isn't that nice? You know, uh, 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 their best intentions, we now have to correct that and almost overcompensate for it. Well, I As think, people, I think people that, are aware of it. Well, I was going to say, I think that that, like, isn't that nice also comes down to, you know, especially like for folks, especially who don't have any background with that person as well. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like mm -hmm. we we know that they're not trying to be condescending or whatnot, but I think it's because they don't know how to build on that conversation and they're presenting like in retirement, long term care and things like that. They're presenting options or, you know, depending on what it is. And it's like, so these people are coming into their lives and they need to have conversations with them and they don't know how to have conversations with them. The other thing I see too constantly when I'm on tour that drives me batty is that a lot of people say, well, this is our little dining room and this is our little activity room. And, I, and I'm mm. thinking to myself, they're not children, right? Like yeah. if yeah. you say this is our cute little, this is our little, like that's really taking something away of actually Absolutely. actively choosing a new retirement home, choosing a new home that you as a senior is going to move into usually all faculties, all cognition, everything. Right. And it's, you know, definitely there's always, you know, there's always the other amount of people that have dementia and cognitive, you know, there's a lot of other things going on with cognition, but when mm -hmm. I'm talking about is literally just an independent senior looking to make a move, and then they're met with these folks that don't know how to have conversations with them and don't know how to show them how their little dining room isn't this cute little dining room. This is this is the new spot that you are going to have meals so that you're no longer having meals alone, um, having someone help you cook the meals, perhaps meeting new friends, perhaps not. Maybe you want to sit alone. It's not this cute little dining room. This is a dining experience that you no longer have to maybe dine alone. And this is what it can give you. You know, Amy, you know, you know, my background is marketing and, and business development. And I remember at one point I was talking to a neighbor and, uh, you know, it, it shocks me. And I'm going to tell you, this shocks me from every vertical, whether it's seniors care or if it's, um, what's oh, a better one, uh, software sales, let's just say. A lot of companies and organizations and, and the retirement community is, is terrible for this. I was talking to this friend of mine. Down the, I don't know that well. And she had a, a, a role within a senior's home, senior's resident. And she had injured. She got injured somehow. And so what do you think they did? They put her in a sales role. And I said, what? And they said, oh, yeah, you'll be great in sales. You're always very friendly and whatever. And as a person who has gone over, one of the things I like to do in, in any marketing or, or, or sales scenario is I like to go through the transaction journey from the time they first hear about the organization or they haven't heard about it and they need to be enlightened to it until they, they do the transaction and beyond. I like to, to review that journey. And at 
one point, this is the, the biggest waste of resources, uh, uh, not just the resources of the company, what they invest to, to have the person come in, but also the resources of the visitor coming to see the place. Exactly what you said. Let's just say it's a, a, a lovely dining hall. Let's say it's a lovely place to live. Let's say it's a wonderful example of what life could be. But they found the person giving them the tour was condescending and looked at the, their son or daughter and said, why would I want to live in a place where they talk to me like that? There's a lot of people that choose not to move because the marketer did not treat them properly. And it's there's so many people we have to say, you know what? They're kind of the first person in like you. That's who we deal with. But after that, you're not going to talk to them that much because that's who it is. But that's the thing. That's what people don't realize. It's like you're the face. If you're the marketer, you're the face that people come into. I used to get known well because when people would come to me, say it was a caregiver and a senior, for instance, in my mind, and as should be anybody, the senior's the care, the senior's the decision maker. And so all of my conversation is always directed to my senior. I don't care if they Absolutely. have cognition issues, nothing. I know whoever's with them can hear me. I know mm -hmm. usually they won't take offense. And I used to actually even walk backwards. I was so people would kind of always comment on because I was always wearing heels when I used to work in the retirement home. And I always walk backwards. And people were like, like, is she gonna trip? Like, what? <laughs> and it's like, no, I haven't. Like, no worries, right? I do this all the time. But it's like because I wanted to let them know I was still paying attention to them instead of walking in front of them where they couldn't see my face. It made no difference to me. I know how to walk backwards and like, sure. I got pretty skilled, I have to tell you. But it was one of those conversations things that people were shocked with. And it's still, you know, even when I have people come to me, say my mom has dementia, she doesn't want to move, we can't get there. Can you come talk to them? I'll come talk to her in the house. And usually I can get that person to to get on board with making a move. And it's because it's their decision. It's their decision. I know that there's definitely things that you as a caregiver need to help and, and put your foot down and stuff. And I, and I understand that and I respect that. But if you don't treat the people's who decision it is properly and give them the floor and let them say, I love this, I hate this, I don't want to do this and this is why and these are my objections and whatnot, you're never going to get there. Not, not in a million years. I, I think we got to wrap this up because soon I, I think that, uh, you know, they're going to shut the lights off in this place. And this is my house, for God's sake. So, but I, I but could I, hear my daughter tiptoeing outside the door. And I was like, okay, is she going to do it? Where's the dog? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did want to kind of, there, there's a couple of things I had in mind that I did want to share with everybody while I have this audience. And if I could just get that in before we leave, because to me, when it comes to, uh, having somebody in your life, an elder in your life, I, this is crucial and crucial from the the physical health and, and, and well-being of a person, but also the tax implications because of where I work. And I've seen this happen at TaxWise a, a million times. Um, if you have a person in your life who they have a medical condition or they have an impairment more specifically, and it's progressing one way or the other, it's either improving or or it's it's not improving. Document that. Keep a book near the fridge. This is the date. 
the the and and be measured about it. You, you know, uh, cannot walk more than uh, or the, the the pace of walking has decreased significantly. Uh, cannot walk a hundred yards without stopping for a break or taking significantly longer. Um, arthritis is so bad, can't do buttons on a shirt anymore. Uh, uh, arthritis is so bad, can't do laces on a boot. Can't operate a, a manual can opener. And the reason for it is twofold. The first one, for, sorry, you write it down. You take a copy of it and you give it to your doctor when you go for the next appointment, whatever it is. And you insist that the doctor takes that copy and puts it in their folder. And you're probably thinking, why? Well, you always want your doctor to know the progression of your condition. Number one, like that's just for a physical health wellness scenario. But number two, and we've experienced this numerous, numerous times, we'll have somebody come into our office and I'll see them walking in. And you can tell right away that they have an impairment. They have a mobility impairment. And, uh, oh, can, can you help us through this? And I say, sure. And we have people there who work with the doctors to get these forms filled out. And the doctor will call us back and they'll say, they don't have a mobility impairment. And I'll say, what do you mean? Say, well, they don't. And the doctor will look back in their files and they can't find anything of a progressive mobility impairment. Think about when you're in a doctor's office as well. Do they see you walk? Right, especially if it's for a hundred yards, do they really notice that your your arthritis is to a point where you can't do a button? You know, in fact, I find a lot of people in that generation, uh, well, the older generation than than I, I wouldn't even say beyond boomers. Uh, you know, my my friend, his dad used to get dressed up to go to the doctor like he was going to church. He he'd be in his Sunday's best. And then the doctor, the doctor would say, how is your walking? He said, boy, I could walk to Montreal if I wanted to. And meanwhile, I couldn't get across the kitchen floor without stopping for a break. But that being said, I'm not saying documented because people exaggerate. I'm saying that everything has an implication. And it's a physical one sometimes. And there's a tax implication too. The more your doctor knows and has on file, physically has on file, just it's like having that conversation early that preventative conversation early early and for the folks that you know i can walk to montreal type of scenario that comes more so in my experience out of a fear of losing it all right and mm -hmm. so you go to the doctor that you know anybody all of us are constantly we're trying to remain independent but you get to a line when you become a senior where you are constantly defending your independence. And so mm -hmm. every, every appointment from that line on, it's up to you to prove your independence because if you don't prove your independence, you're not independent. And that, I mean, mm -hmm. for right or wrong, that's the thing, right? And so that's why I find that sometimes people are so fiercely independent, it's to a fault, you know, use the cane if you need it. Mm -hmm. Use the walker yeah. if you need it, because that's going to keep you independent, right? Yes, absolutely. I think I think we should probably end it on that, Amy, or I, I'm going to have to take my jacket off and get more comfortable because uh, <laughs> we've been here for an hour now. I know, right? Well, I want to thank you, Sean, for coming on. Oh, thank you. I'm hoping this conversation is helpful 
to our audience and um, and hopefully they can grab a cup of coffee and, and, and stick with us for it. So thank you so much for joining me and just being super candid with me. I think that the more of us that are caregivers, but also professionals are more candid, the more information and help we can and offer to our folks. I hope that you found value in what we've been talking today and that you can like and share with your networks. A lot of caregivers just want to know that they're doing an all right job and that everybody else has very similar experiences and that there is help out there. So from me to all of you, I hope that you have a wonderful Wednesday. Thank you.